Good evening, everyone. Uh, so tonight's the end of the Christmas season after today. So you can take your Christmas trees down now. And if they're not up, you can talk to me in confession. Um, not really. But it is, I always like reminding people, right? If you feasted before Christmas season, if you feasted during Advent, right, then you've already had Christmas for a month by the time it comes. But if you haven't, we celebrate all the way till the baptism of the Lord. Just to guilt trip you just a little bit from your priest who loves you very much. Okay. Um, so tonight I want to talk to you about, about two basic things, maybe three. Uh, which really means like six, and you know that. But the big things I want to talk to you about tonight, I want to talk to you about your identity, your death in Christ, and then your turning to the Lord. Those are the three things I want to talk to you about. So there's, uh, I don't know what it is about older priests, but there's some older priests, they can just get away with anything. They can say absolutely ridiculous, crazy things, and everyone's just like, that was amazing. <laughs> and they get away with it. And one of them, there's a very famous priest in the United States, uh, Monsignor Essif. I'm actually not sure if he's still alive or not. But his, he has one line. He only ever preaches on one thing. And he goes all over the United States and he tells seminarians and priests and lay people. And what he always says to everyone, he says, you are Jesus. And he'll say that over and over again. And I, I've heard him preach, I don't know how many times, probably a dozen. But he always does that. And everywhere he goes, he talks about your identity in Christ. And it just goes everywhere. And, and, and everybody knows he's going to preach about how you're Jesus. And even, even inappropriately, slightly, one of my favorite stories, Monsignor Glenn, who vested me, uh, so he's, he, he died of brain cancer a couple years ago. And Monsignor Glenn was like, he really, that really is all he talks about. Monsignor Glenn was in the urinal, at a urinal, and Monsignor Essif walked up to him and he goes, Michael. <laughs> and he's like, not here. <laughs> not here. He's like, Michael, do you know who you are? You're Jesus. <laughs> he's like, okay, of all places here. The first point tonight is this. Your identity can come from one of two places. There's two places your identity can come from. Your, your identity and who you are as a person, and think about this, right, brothers and sisters, these are really deep waters. Who you are in your life and your knowledge of who you are touches everything you do. And there's two places you can get your identity from. You can either get it from your relationships or you can get it from what you do. At the end of the day, you're either going to know who you are from your relationships or you'll draw it from what you do. 
And the first thing I want you to think about tonight on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, and this is so powerful. Most of us draw our identity from what we do. Almost every one of us. When you go to a party and people say, well, who are you? Right? You say, well, this is, you, you tell them your job. So easy to do that. I know in my own life, I'm only, I can make my identity about how good was my last sermon. And if I felt like my, my homily went well, then I'm riding high. And if it tanked, I listen, I, I, I let that failure determine my very identity. Baptism is a moment of identity. I hope you heard that first reading, right? Every week when you're reading your Bible and you're looking at the scriptures that the church gives us and you're looking at how that first reading almost always sheds light on the gospel and vice versa, the first reading tonight is what's called the first servant song in Isaiah. And it begins, right? We heard it tonight. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. This is so simple, but it's unbelievably at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. So tonight, right, you, saw, you read that. You read Isaiah 42. And you saw and it said, This is my servant in whom my soul delights, and I have put my, my spirit upon him. And then you read the gospel in Luke chapter 3, and you said, That's right, Jesus. Right? And the, the voice of the Father comes from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus, brothers and sisters, his identity is not in what he does. His identity comes from the love of the Father. It's amazing. And I just love that line from Isaiah 42. And what, and here's my first challenge to you tonight. What if you actually believe this about yourself? What if you actually believe that God the Father saw you and he said, Behold, this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom my soul delights. The Catholic Church teaches that when you were baptized, and the reason we teach this is because the New Testament teaches it, the day you were baptized, you became an adopted son or daughter of God. We'll pray the Our Father at Mass tonight. If you're anything like me, you pray it all the time. God only has one son. You're not him. <laughs> Unless you listen to Monsignor Esif. Right? You are Jesus. That's why he says it, by the way. When you were baptized, the day you were baptized, you came to share in the identity of Christ. His father becomes your father. 
His mother becomes your mother. His siblings become yours. The saints are your brothers and sisters. Your baptism brought you into a family because it united you with him. And I don't know about you, but I have a hard time receiving this. Most of the time, if I really am honest, if I think about what does God the Father think about me, I kind of, and just very honestly, my first place that I go to is he's probably pretty disappointed. It's what I always feel. And that's not from God, brothers and sisters. That's from Satan. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I love that. What happens for most of us in a simple, uh, for this first point tonight, just a simple acronym, R-I-M. Relationship is what's meant to give you your identity. And your identity leads to mission. But what Satan wants to do to us is he wants our mission to tell us our identity. And by the way, when most of us, just like me, when we feel like we don't live up to our mission, then we let that tell us our relationship. And so God's design for your life is for you to hear that tonight. It's for you to hear, you are my beloved daughter in whom my soul delights. And then wherever you go in your life, you know that to the depths of your soul. And no bad day at work, no breakup with a boyfriend, no moral failure will ever make you doubt your identity in Christ and the love that God has for you. And it would free you to go on mission, but what most of us do is we listen to the lie of Satan. And what Satan does is he does this, is he says, don't listen to God, just go do stuff. People say this to me all the time. Father Brian, what does God want me to do? I'm like, listen to his voice. But what they want to know is like, what do I go do? Do I go, do I go do this in the world or that or that? And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. And so we go out and we try to accomplish this mission. And if we fall short, which we inevitably do, Right? We let, we let the, the voice of the evil one say, see who you are? You're a failure. And then we let that dictate that God couldn't possibly delight in you. It's probably the most important thing I have to say to you tonight. And if one thing tonight, if you can do one thing, brothers and sisters, I think this is hard for most of us. Tonight, if there's one thing that you could listen to, is to go and look at Isaiah chapter 42 and let the voice of God the Father tell you that you are loved. And not just loved, but that he delights in you. What an amazing thing. Okay, point number two. One of the most awful and brilliant scenes in all of movie history is from The Godfather. And I don't recommend The Godfather because I know what's going to happen. You'll go home and you'll show your kids and it's really gory. And you'll be like, 
Mom and Dad, why are we watching The Godfather? You're like, Father Brian told us to, all right? Now be quiet and watch this awful scene. This is a terrible scene, and it is amazingly brilliant. The Godfather, all the movies center around sacraments. And so the first Godfather is all around a marriage. The second one is all around a baptism. The third is all around a confession. In the second Godfather, there's his baptism, and Michael Corleone, the priest asks him, and there's this juxtaposition, it goes back and forth, and he asks him the questions for a Godfather at a baptism. And he says, do you reject Satan? And Michael says, I do. And it flashes to another scene where he's just sent out his henchmen to kill a bunch of people. Do you reject Satan? I do. And they're out killing people that he ordered. And the priest goes back to the priest, and the priest says, And do you reject all of his empty works? I do. And it flashes back to the murder again. And then finally, the third question. Uh, do, you re- do you reject the glamour of evil and refuse to be mastered by sin? I do. And it goes back to, to this awful murder. But what's brilliant about that scene is this, brothers and sisters, is that this point number two is that baptism has everything to do with death. What it is is this, in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, St. Paul says this. He says, Do you not know, brethren, that you and I, who have been baptized, were baptized into the death of Christ? We were buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as God the Father raised Christ from the dead, so too we might walk in newness of life. What happened the day you were baptized? And I, baptism is so powerful. I would love it tonight. I know I say this a lot, but I would love it if we had an hour to just do Bible study and show how the New Testament shows us that that baptismal font at the back of the church is the most important thing that ever happened in your life. But what Paul's getting at there is that to be redeemed means to be inserted into the death of Jesus himself. And so that world that tells you, right, that your identity is about what you do, guess what? You, the day you were baptized, maybe you were an infant, most likely you were. The day you were baptized, you died to the world. In Colossians 3, Paul's talking about baptism. All of Colossians 2 and 3 is about baptism. And St. Paul says this, He says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Why? For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Colossians 2 and 3 is so beautiful. It's all based, all of Colossians 2 and 3 is based on the ancient Catholic baptismal rite. Going back all the way to the time of St. Paul. 
And what used to happen, and I, I always want to do it here, but I just always kind of chicken out at the last minute. What you would always do in the ancient church is those three questions. You would face the west because the ancient church, west is the direction of darkness because the sun sets in the west. And so when you rejected Satan, you would face the west. And the priest would say, do you reject Satan? I do. And all his empty works, I do. Do you reject the glamour of evil and refuse to be mastered by sin? I do. And then you would turn to the east, which for the early Christians is the direction of the sunrise, which is the resurrection, and it's the return of Jesus. And the priest would ask you, do you believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified under Pontius Pilate, suffered, died, and was buried, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. Here's what St. Paul is saying in Colossians 2 and 3. Is that that actually happened to you? The day you were baptized, brothers, you're not like other people, brothers and sisters. You died with him. The day you were baptized, you sacramentally died with Jesus Christ. And you were given the promise of eternal life in him. And so the whole Christian life, the whole Christian life, is a movement of orientation. Right? To orient yourself means, that word literally means, to face east. That's what that word means, which is why at Our Lady of Lords, that's why I made this decision a year ago for the priest to face together with you because everything it means to be a Christian is to turn away from darkness towards the light. Love that. And here's the great news tonight, right? That already happened. The day you were baptized, you were adopted as a son or a daughter of God. You died with Jesus Christ on the cross, and you were given the promise of new life in him. And now our task, and this is what I want to urge you tonight, your task is to turn your life towards him. Everything it means to be a Christian is just what happened at your baptism. <laughs> it's that you were loved, you were redeemed, you were brought into the family of God, which is the church. And God calls to each of us, and he says, he says to me, right? He says, Brian, turn to me. Turn to me. 
Don't face the darkness, but face the light. When you go home tonight, I know I've given you already a bunch of homework assignments, but go read Isaiah 42 and Colossians 2 and 3. And Paul says, he, in chapter 2, he's talking about baptism. In chapter 3, listen to this. He says, you, you, you died with Christ, you rose to him. Chapter 3, he says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you? Immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man. By the way, those are baptismal garments. When you were baptized in the ancient church, most people who were baptized were adults. Guess what you did? You stripped naked. Aren't you glad you don't have to do that anymore? Right? By the way, well, I'm not going to go there. But um, you stripped off your clothes, and it was a symbol of your old life. My old life is behind me. You have put off the old man with his practices. Then you would put on a white robe, which is why priests wear these white things called albs. It's my baptismal garment. You have put off the old man with his practices and have put on the new man, which is him. You have put on the new man who is being renewed in the knowledge and image of his creator. And I could get, there is so much here I don't have time for, but I'll leave you this tonight. How do you do that? How do you do at what at least symbolically your parents and godparents did the day you were baptized. They spoke for you, but now you've got to speak for yourself. Right? If you're going to be a Christian, you can't live on your parents' faith. You have to live on your faith. They spoke for you that day. You've got to speak for yourselves, brothers and sisters. All of us do. How do you turn away from the world, away from darkness? How do you reject Satan and turn to the light? I just want you to go back to that first point tonight. Here's how you do it. You remember that you are a son. You remember that you are a daughter. You are not your relationship status. You are not how many friends you have on Instagram. I don't know what other new apps are out there. Morgan always tells me I'm behind on social media, which is true. That's not who you are. You're not how much money you make. You are not how great your moral life is. You're a son or a daughter. And I just know in my own life, when God, when I actually believe it, when I actually believe that God could delight in me, everything changes. There's freedom. I know my identity. I know who I am in Christ. I don't have to look to it from so, for it from someone else. Right? And then I'm free from mission. So Jesus, I know I died with you over 40 years ago. And now I'm just trying to catch up to that, Lord. I'm just trying to catch up to what happened the day that you redeemed me. But Lord, tonight, more than anything... I know for myself, but everyone here, Jesus, Lord, may we reject the lies of Satan. May we rejoice in our baptism. 
Jesus, give us the knowledge, not just the thought, but the knowledge. May we know to the depths of our heart that we are beloved sons and daughters and that the Holy Trinity delights in us.